Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. So as Rich said, today I have the privilege of continuing our series on sex and relationships. I think you've had a fun few weeks and we've been looking at something very similar at North Um, and tonight I'm looking at dating and listen this is really important to say up front this might have been said to you already but I just want to emphasize this as we start this series is not just about sort of underlining the rules of how to do different relationships this series isn't about expectations in order for you to fit in here That is not what being a Christian is about. It's not about rules and expectations. Our God is a life to the full kind of God. He's a God who loves us and cares so much about us that he wants us to experience the best of what relationships have to offer. He's our creator, and as we sung, he's a good creator. And so this series is much more about sort of hearing from God how to do relationships in a way that is fulfilling, is a blessing, is God-honouring and um, will help us flourish and bless others. So I hope as we go through the series, and especially as we go through tonight and talk about dating, that you hear that heart. It's a, um, God isn't about limiting us and a killjoy. It's about fulfilling relationships. So um, let me just put that out at the beginning. So we're going to ask four key questions tonight. It's a very practical talk, so I hope you find it helpful. We're going to ask, when should I date? Kind of, am I ready to date? Who should I date? How should I date? And then very briefly at the end, we're going to talk about when should we move on from dating to engagement? Is that kind of the right thing um, for me? And yes, we're going to talk about sex and boundaries, and I'll even tell you a little bit of my messy dating history. Um, I have a lot to say. I'm very passionate about this topic, um, so please bear with me, and I hope I don't overrun. Um, Before we start, though, before we talk about these four things, I want to draw us back for a second and ask a bigger question. And this is a question for you, whether you're single, dating, married, divorced, whatever stage of life you're in. And it's so important that we ask this at the beginning. And it's this question. Who are you living for? Today, who are you living your life for? And this is a massive question because who you're living for is going to shape everything you do, every decision you make about anything, whether it's like jobs, finances, relationships, um, and definitely how and who you date. A guy called Paul, who is one of the New Testament writers, writes in Galatians 2.20 this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul is totally clear. He understood that when he became a Christian, he gave his whole self to Jesus as Lord. And he died to himself. He died to his old life. That's what baptism is all about that Vicky was talking about that will be happening in a few weeks. It's this sign that we die to our life without God and we live only for Jesus. And Paul, when he wrote this, he understood that. He understood that his life was now all for Jesus. Why? Because Jesus gave everything for him. Everything, 
paid the price for his sin, for his rebellion, for his selfishness. He was far from God and Jesus paid for that separation and dealt with it and brought him into a relationship with God. And Paul was like, I cannot do anything but live totally for Jesus. I can't hold anything back. I live 100% for him. His life was a response to the grace of God. And I want to ask you tonight, who are you living for? Like Paul, can you say, I live 100% all out for Jesus, the best I can? Are you in that place? Because do you know what? If you live totally for Jesus, your life will look totally different than if you don't. Your life will look sort of wholehearted and pure and focused on others and on God. If not, there will probably be parts of your life and your relationships where you're compromising. And most of us know there are things we struggle with. This is sort of, we probably can't say it's 100%, 100% of the time. But I want to ask you, do you want to live totally for Jesus? That's the, the key. Because my reckoning is, if you do, you'll receive pretty well what I have to say tonight. If you don't, you might find some of what I say really annoying. And it might make you even a little bit angry. My prayer for us is that all of us would be really open to what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today and the conviction that the Holy Spirit often brings. And my prayer is that we will hold nothing back from him, particularly in this area of dating. So what does it look like to live wholeheartedly for Jesus and date well? A lot of this stuff is kind of godly wisdom. The Bible doesn't give us a total how-to. And some of this is my experience, so... um, Yeah, bear with me. So firstly, am I ready to date? Now, you might not think this is an important question. You might think, oh, anyone should date. It's just fun. So why even ask this question? Well, this is why. Because dating puts ourselves on the path of commitment towards another person. That's the reality. Whether you go into dating someone thinking that or not, there is no such thing as meaningless dating if you think that you're fooling yourself. Because it engages the heart and emotions. The reality of dating is that when you start spending time with someone and seeing someone and saying, oh, let's let's go out with each other. Will you be my girlfriend? Will you be my boyfriend? Um, It puts us in a vulnerable position where someone is, in essence, beginning to say, I think I might want to explore you being my one and only. Yeah? That's what dating means. You can't go about that just sort of blasé-ly. It, it, it is a modern concept, but in the reality, it's kind of a trial. It's like I'm trying you out. I'm seeing whether I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And so if you think about it, that is a very, very vulnerable position to be in. It's so easy for us to be incredibly hurt when we date people. And in, in truth, even if you don't think this in your mind, there is always marriage at the end of the road. The M word, I mentioned it. There's always marriage at the end of the road. It's not that you start going, I definitely know or don't know I want to marry you, but that's always at the end of the road because you're testing out whether this is someone you want to be your one and only, you want to spend the rest of your life with. And the potential for pain and rejection is huge. If you end that trial period, if you break up with someone, in essence, you're saying, I'm not that into you. You're, you're not the right person for me. And that can be incredibly painful, even if it's very amicable. And we talked about last week how we can deal with those kind of moments when we feel perhaps rejected. We talked about singleness last week. Um, so obviously, you know, be secure in who you are in Jesus. But my point is this. Dating is not something you go into lightly. It's just not. And 
Therefore, you need to ask the question, are you ready to date? And is the other person ready to date? Because if you're not, you're probably going to hurt yourself and somebody else. So living wholly for Jesus means that you want to be ready before you start dating. And it at least means you are ready to move towards the potential of marriage. I'm not saying you need to get engaged on the day you start going out. If it's not even on your agenda, that level of commitment, you're not even ready to think about the potential of marriage, just my advice to you is don't date. Don't bother. Because the reason you'll be dating is this, selfishness. The reason we date if we're not even thinking about long-term commitment is because we kind of want someone to kiss and cuddle on the sofa and tell us that we're beautiful or handsome. That's the truth, isn't it? When we date someone we have no, no even thought of commitment, we do it because we want someone to make us feel good. And that isn't what living wholeheartedly for Jesus is all about. That's just living for ourselves. And so I would advise you to steer clear of dating if that's not on your agenda. So first question you need to ask yourself is, are you ready to at least move towards marriage? But secondly, are you in a good place with Jesus? Now, what I'm not saying is you need to be perfect before you start dating somebody because none of us are perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. But if you know you're not in a good place, if you know you're unsure of your faith, you're struggling with big sin issues, if you know you're really secure in your identity with Jesus, don't go into a relationship. Don't do it. Because you will end up putting those issues on someone else. It will train wreck your relationship and it will kill that other person. Don't do that. It's a huge distraction. Focus on Jesus. Let him change you. Let him get you ready to be in a relationship. Just don't do it. For the first five years of being a Christian, I became a Christian at 17. I knew I was not ready for a relationship. I'd had a relationship and I'd broken up with this person before I became a Christian. And if ever it sort of came up as a conversation or someone asked me, I was like, no way am I ready for a relationship. Because I knew I had so much stuff to work through and I knew I needed to focus on my relationship with Jesus and flourishing in him. And that is some of the advantage of being single that we looked at last week. It's a really precious season. And so if you know you're not ready, just don't go there because you're going to cause a lot of pain. Let Jesus change you first and then get ready to date. So you need to ask those two questions, that, that question, are you ready to date? And if you don't know if you're ready, ask someone godly who knows you well and they'll hopefully tell you the honest answer whether you're ready. So secondly, you're ready, but who should you date? If the goal of your life is to live for Jesus, to become like him and love him alone, then to be honest, who you should date is a fairly easy question to answer. It will be someone who helps you do that. So you can ask these questions. Will they help me live for Jesus? Will they help me become like Jesus? Will they help me love Jesus? Now this is the moment when some of you are starting to feel a little bit cross at me and wondering whether I am what I'm going to say to you. Please keep your call and listen. I know there will be probably some of you here who right now are in a relationship with someone who you know the answer to that question is probably no you know they they don't know Jesus, they don't love Jesus, they're not a Christian like you are. Or there's some of you that are probably thinking, I'm about to go into that relationship, I'm thinking about it. 
And I say this to you with love and gentleness, but also I can't lie to you (laughs) and I can't deny what God is very clear about because God wants the best for you. He is very clear. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians. He says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? That is a pretty harsh verse, but very clear. If you were wondering whether the Bible says don't go out with someone that's not a Christian, it definitely does. Saying don't marry them, but remember dating is moving towards marriage. Now this might sound really harsh because Paul's basically saying someone that's not a believer is wicked and in darkness. But remember that's where we were when we didn't know Jesus. We, our hearts were wicked before Jesus rescued us and we were in darkness. And so all he's saying is that's the reality of someone that doesn't yet know Jesus and how can those two things live together? And that is the reality. I've seen so many people go out with those that aren't Christians and be married to people that aren't Christians. Don't be naive and think it's easy. It is not. It is really hard. I've seen women weep because their husbands don't know Jesus and they are trying to make godly decisions, but it feels impossible to do that with someone that doesn't even believe that what you're living totally for is true and doesn't want to make the decisions you want to make. They don't want to give their money to the work of Jesus. They don't want to move across the world to share Jesus with other people. Don't be naive and think life is easy. God loves you so much It's not that he doesn't love people that don't know Jesus. He does, and he wants you to share Jesus with them. But he loves you too much to let you go into a relationship that will probably compromise your walk with him. He doesn't want anything to take you away from him. So ask yourself honestly, if you're in a relationship or you're thinking about it, do they help you become like Jesus? Do they encourage you to worship him with your whole heart? If the answer's no, I'd say to you gently, but clearly just don't go there. And I'm sorry if that's really hard to hear. But what about the nitty-gritty of who? So they're a Christian, you're wondering whether to date them, but you're not sure, are they the one you should go out with? How do you know if someone is right for you? Because as we said, dating you know, is, is a fairly big deal. And I'm not going to spend long on this, because the reality is it's different for everyone, and so I can only share kind of my experience of what I've seen people around me. The bottom line is you probably need to be attracted to them at least a little bit. You need to like them. You need to want to spend time with them. This does not mean they need to be the most attractive person in the world because let's be honest, you and I aren't either. But you need to want to be with them. You need to have connection. You, need to, you don't need to like all the same things, but you at least need to be heading in a similar direction in life. For some of us, it might be that we feel head over heels straight away. For some of us, it'll be something that grows. Pete always asks me, did I fancy him when I first met him? And sadly, every time, he still asks me this question and he knows the answer. No, I didn't at all. He had like long curly hair and he was 19 and uh, literally I was like, not at all, darling. Um, (laughs) But over time, I did. The truth is... I, what I find attractive about somebody is who they are and particularly whether they love Jesus. And so as I got to know him over the years, I knew him for quite a lot of years before we started going out and I got to see him in kind of church life and I did a course with him. And there was like one night where I was hearing him talk about something about being passionate about Jesus or something. And I was like, oh, this guy's quite good looking. And he really is actually very good looking. Um, But I just didn't know there's there's no picture for you to test whether that's true. But also, I am not really a a kind of full head-over-heels person. 
that's not my character and I know that about me. I am pretty level-headed and fairly logical. And um, so I knew that I was probably never going to be like, yes, I'm definitely sure I want to date this person and I'm definitely sure I'm gonna, I want to marry them. And for me, definitely with Pete, it was something that grew over time as I committed to him and as I got to know him. And so, um, you know, for you, it might be different. You might think, yeah, that person is so hot and I know I want to go out with them. And you're sure eventually that you want to marry them. But for lots of us, it's not like that. You're friends with someone and you see them love God and love other people. And you think, hey, this could really work. I'm attracted to them. I have connection with them. And, you know, I'd say that that's a good person to consider going out with if they want to go out with you. And listen, while I'd say don't settle, we hear that quite a lot, especially girls, okay, we hear, oh, don't settle for, you know, definitely don't settle for someone that doesn't love Jesus and you don't at least feel attracted to. But listen, don't write a list of like all these things that you're praying for for a husband that's like basically a, like a really amazing Christian celebrity mixed with like Claudia Schiff or Brad Pitt or some really hot model. Because even if that person existed, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not sure they'd be going out with you. (laughs) Right? They wouldn't be going out with me, anyway. And it's a bit arrogant, isn't it? (laughs) You know, that's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for this perfect person that in reality doesn't exist. We're looking for someone that we can love Jesus with. Yeah, that's our goal, because actually, when we're 80, everything's really droopy, and it doesn't matter how good-looking they are anymore. It matters, will they love you, and will they love Jesus? So, simple questions. Do they love Jesus? Are you attracted to them? Do you want to spend time with them? Do you like being with them? Do you have connection with them? If you do, then it's probably a goer. If not, steer clear. So, thirdly, how should I date? You're ready to date. You found someone to date, but how on earth do you date? And this is where the rubber hits the road. And you're right if you're thinking this is where we get to talk about boundaries. Now, if you want a clear guide on how far you can go, where you can touch each other, we are asking the wrong questions, people. Okay, If you want to know how far you can go, then we need to back right up for a moment. Because we live for Jesus and to please him. Our goal in a relationship is to grow in love for him and encourage that person to love God more. Why do we ask that kind of question? Well, because our hearts are selfish. Because we want to know how much can I try before I buy? How much, how much sort of intimacy can I get out of this before I have to commit to marriage? Listen to ourselves. That is not the kind of relationship God wants for us. Do you know, the Bible is so clear. <laughs> Steer clear of getting physical with each other before you get married. 1 Corinthians says, flee from sexual morality. Flee from any kind of sex outside marriage. I think you've probably had a talk on sex, have you? Steer, run away in the other direction really, really, really fast. Don't go there. You do not need to try before you buy. You don't need to do that. You don't need to work out if you're sexually compatible with someone before you marry them. You learn that stuff as you get married. That's the joy of marriage. That's how God has made it to work. Hebrews 13.4 says the marriage bed should be kept pure. There shouldn't be even a hint of anything physical before you get married. It will only lead to mess. You don't need to go there. And listen, if you're not dating, this is a really important thing thing for you to think about now 
Because when you start dating someone and you fancy them, it's very difficult to decide these boundaries. I decided them way before I started dating because I know myself really well. <laughs> so I was like, I need to know what I am, like, how this is going to work for me when I start dating someone. For me and Pete, I'll be really like, honest with you, you know, I, I'd been in a, a sexual relationship before I became a Christian. I knew myself very well in that area and I just knew that I personally couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> so I knew and I said to people when we started going out, I cannot even really kiss, like snog you. Because for me, snogging someone leads into bed. So I was like, sorry babe, but <laughs> you're not getting really anywhere near me. Because I knew myself, I knew I'm weak. And you know what, if you are convincing yourself that you're really strong, I would suggest you probably rethink that because we're not, we're really weak. It's really hard when you fancy someone to stay off them. And so for me, I ca- we had really, really wide boundaries. And that worked for us. We decided we would not go on holiday before we got married, which was a real joy when we had our first holiday on our honeymoon. We went on holiday with other people, but we didn't want to go on our own. We wouldn't go into each other's bedrooms. We would hang out downstairs. We often were in shared houses or we'd go out. And it was really costly because often we had no money. But I just knew going upstairs into each other's bedrooms where you sleep, where there's a bed, there isn't a sofa, that is not helpful. And there was a point where just before we got married, particularly if we'd gone out for dinner in the evening and maybe, say, I'd had a glass of wine, I knew I couldn't even hug Pete goodbye because I knew myself too well. And I'm not saying that is what you should be doing, so please don't hear that as a list of boundaries you should use in your relationships. But my point is, it is worth having really wide boundaries because we're weak, aren't we? And do you know what? It is the most wonderful thing to wait and keep that relationship as pure as you can so that if you break up, you're not having to work through all that baggage of, I've been there with that person, I've touched them in that way and they've touched me and now they're marrying someone else. You don't have to go through any of that. And when you get married, you go into marriage and sex with none of that guilt and baggage. And so I just want to encourage you, be radically pure in your relationships. And listen, if you've messed up, if you know right now you, your boundaries, you don't even know where they, where they are, they've long gone, or you know you've been there in the past and you are hearing this and feeling really guilty, please don't. There is so much grace. There is, well, there's not even so much. There is never-ending amounts of grace and forgiveness for us tonight, for you tonight. With Jesus, we have a totally fresh start today. Even if you're in that relationship and you messed up yesterday, there is a fresh start for you because of the cross, because of Jesus' forgiveness. You don't need to live with shame and guilt. But listen, the grace of God also means we can live differently from now. We have power to live differently. So don't go away from here feeling loaded with shame and guilt. Come to him when we take communion and receive forgiveness, but also receive the power to live differently. It's so worth it, and I can't emphasize that enough to you. But it's a tough journey making these decisions, and we need really good friends around us who are going to help us. 
And so if you don't have people that right now you're really honest with, then find those people who you can be blunt with. You can say, I messed up like this. They'll ask you really tough questions. Perhaps you need to get in a discipleship triplet, which is kind of how we do our prayer and accountability small groups here. And don't just share with people who are going to say to you, me too, don't worry about it. Find someone who's going to say to you, ask you really hard questions. What do you not want me to? Tell, what, what do you not want to tell me? Or those people who are going to say, "Come on, that is not the way Jesus wants you to live." I'm going to run with you, and I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to run in the other direction and fight for radical purity in our lives. Get those kind of people around you because we need help. But apart from the physical side, I just want to touch briefly on emotional intimacy. And I think this is something we don't always talk about and I think is a bit of a danger zone for us as Christians. 1 Timothy 5, Paul writes this. He says, Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. And so some of that he's talking about is obviously sort of physical purity. But... I have found many of us as Christians, before we get married, end up living like, sort of sharing like we're married to that person. And I would say if you're dating or you're going to date, just be really careful about how emotionally intimate you become with someone you're dating. It is very easy because we are used to being honest with each other and um, we can be very passionate as Christians about the hearts God given us and we can be very aware of our sin and so we get into relationships where we end up sort of sharing very, very deeply with each other. But think about this, it, would you be happy for that person to know all that about you if they end up marrying somebody else? Sometimes we can end up sharing so much. We end, we end up in a situation where that the person we're dating, it's like everything to us. They're our best friend, they're our accountability. We pray with them. They know our deepest sin and all our past. And we've been going out with them like six weeks. That is, I'd say that's dangerous. That's almost as dangerous as being really physically intimate with somebody because they're not yet your husband. And it's, it's just not healthy. It leads to really over-dependent dating relationships, and I've seen that, and it, it can be really harmful. Have other, well, have lots of close same-sex friendships where you're sharing and you're being vulnerable, and let that kind of emotional intimacy grow slowly towards when you get nearer to engagement and marriage. That's the kind of, that really deep stuff it's, that's what you share as you, you're getting towards marriage. Don't share it really early. Don't give your heart away in that way. I just, uh, I just feel like that's really important for us to say. Have fun. Get to know each other. Get to know each other in groups. See, it's way better to see how someone loves other people and interacts with other people than how much they can stare into your eyes and share everything with you and say how beautiful you are. That is not, like, that doesn't give you much information. Have fun, do, do fun things together, get out and um, yeah, don't get too deep too quickly. And listen, let's be really helpful to each other as well. I'm just going to say this briefly. People start out dating um, can find it really unhelpful when we in our church community can gossip a lot about them and they've like thinking about going on one coffee and we're talking about whether they want to marry that person. Um, we can be very intense sometimes in church community and it's just not fair on people that are just thinking about asking someone out for a drink to see if they want to go out with them. 
Let's not be a community of people that gossip and put pressure, especially on guys that are just like making that big ask and wondering whether to go out with someone. Let's give each other space to slowly get to know each other without that kind of pressure. And this, this is really important because we're a close community and you will know that when breakups happen, it's really hard, isn't it? It's hard for that couple, but it's also really hard for those of us around them that are good friends with both people. And it, it's, it's, it can just be so painful for the couple, but also for us. And so this is really important for us to have good boundaries and to love each other well as brothers and sisters while we're working this stuff out. So finally and briefly, us, um, are we ready to uh, date? Who should we date? Some, a few things to say on how we should date. Um, but finally, when am I ready to move on from dating to engagement? Because if you are dating probably even a little while, that um, question is in your mind. And um, I'm just going to make a couple of comments because I feel like I could probably say a lot on this. But my advice is this. Don't rush things, but also don't drag your heels. As Christians, we can... I was going out with a guy before Peter. I went, dated one guy, and we went out with, for six months, and really quickly we were talking about marriage. It was way too intense, way too quickly, and it ended really badly. And it was very, very painful. And we were rushing that conversation about marriage. It was too soon. And I have seen Christians get married so quickly, still in that getting-to-know-you phase. You know, it hasn't, they haven't even gone through the sort of seasons together. They haven't been through anything together. They don't even really kind of know each other fully. And it's very tempting to rush, especially when we really fancy someone and they seem really great and we just want to get married. But the reality is, is marriage is hard. It is really tough. And sometimes people that rush, they don't even really know the person that well, have a really, really tough time when they first get married. And it is a horrible thought that at some point in the first year or two of marriage, you might regret marrying that person. I just think you never regret just taking your time, that season of dating. Once you're married, you never have it again. So I'd just say, I can't say how long. It's definitely different for everyone, depending on how well you know that person. But I'd say don't rush getting engaged but also don't drag your heels and those of you who are commitment phobes will know um that that's probably you don't you don't need to take like 10 years dating someone before you get married and you'll know what situation you're in as you talk with people really honestly i would get loads of advice from people that know you both to see if you're ready for marriage commitment is good but but don't rush and finally i on this issue i'd say just try and sort out any big stuff, you've, big issues you've got in your relationship before you go getting engaged. Pete and I got engaged and then we broke up very abruptly and awfully. It was horrid. We did get engaged again and got married, which was great. But, I mean, I won't tell you the gory details. It was horrible and horrible for people around us. And part of the reason was we had some really big stuff that we hadn't sorted out before we got engaged the first time and we did sort it out before we got engaged the second time and it made our first year of marriage pretty easy to be honest and so don't think that when you get married those issues in your relationships that you know that are there will just go away they won't and so seek really godly input and 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 work those big things out you'll have some stuff obviously but work them out before you decide to get engaged listen to finish relationships are tough aren't they because we're messy people with issues and it's hard to live a godly life. It is, but 
we do so because we love Jesus so much. That was where we started, didn't we? We, we want to live lives of purity and worship to him because he's so worth it. And it is worth it. And so I want to encourage you to do that. But we really need God's grace. Paul said this in the verse we looked at right at the beginning. He says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live this life by grace. We live this life by faith. And we live this life by his power. And that is what we have available to us to make some potentially really tough decisions when it comes to relationships. So can I pray for us as we finish and then we'll worship. Jesus, thank you that um, you're so worth living our lives totally and wholeheartedly for. Thank you that you have given everything for us and that is so motivating to want to give everything back to you. Thank you that we do not live this life alone but we live in power by your spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is available to us to resist temptation, to make wise decisions. Your wisdom is available to us and I pray for every person here um, particularly those that are dating or thinking about dating, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill them afresh with power to make good, wise, godly decisions. I pray there would be almost like excitement about what dating can look like when we do that with you and how wonderful it is and how free and releasing it is. And I pray, most of all, for people that are here who know they've messed up in dating relationships or they're finding it hard right now, I pray that they would know your forgiveness and your grace, that they would know they have a clean slate right now. There'd be no shame and no guilt left. You come meet with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you want to stand, guys?